Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 252. Today as we look at the story of Job once again, his first friend comes back for a round two and basically says to Job again that Job has way overestimated his purity, that there's no one who's pure, that Job must have done something evil against God, and uh, he calls Job to admit it. And Job basically responds by saying, what kind of friends are you guys? You uh, basically beat a man while he's down without evidence that I've done anything. And he turns back to God, and well, last episode he said, I will continue to hope in God. This one He basically expresses that he is trusting God, but he feels so hopeless and wonders why he should continue to live. And so we see the depths of despair and the feeling of hopelessness in Job's life. And then in Revelation 14, as we finish off today, uh, we see God's judgment coming, which I think if we really think about it, uh, can leave us feeling quite hopeless for those who do not know God. And it makes me feel very empty, and it brings me to a real sense of sorrow. And I think this is something that God's judgment is meant to do in us. It is meant to turn us back to him, but also to have a feeling of sorrow uh, for the hopelessness that really awaits those who do not trust in Jesus. So with this heaviness on us, and I think it's important to feel that at times, let's turn to Job 15. Then Eliaphas the Temanite answered, Does a wise man answer with blustery knowledge, or fill his belly with the east wind? Does he argue with useless talk, with words that have no value in them? But you even break off piety and hinder meditation before God. Your sin inspires your mouth. You choose the language of the crafty. Your own mouth condemns you, not I. Your own lips testify against you. Were you the first man ever born? Were you brought forth before the hills? Do you listen in on God's secret counsel? Do you limit wisdom to yourself? What do you know that we don't know? What do you understand that we don't understand? The the gray-haired and the aged are on our side, men far older than your father. Are God's consolations too trivial for you, or a word spoken in gentleness to you? Why has your heart carried you away, and why do your eyes flash? when you turn your rage against God and allow such words to escape from your mouth? What is man that he should be pure, or one born of woman that he should be righteous? If God places no trust in his holy ones, if even the heavens are not pure in his eyes, how much less man who is abominable and corrupt, who drinks in evil like water? I will explain to you, listen to me, and what I have seen I will declare. What wise men declare, hiding nothing, from the tradition of their ancestors, to whom alone the land was given when foreigner, when no foreigner passed among them. All his days the wicked man suffers torment, throughout the number of the years that are stored up for the tyrant. Terrifying sounds fill his ears. In a time of peace, marauders attack him. 
He does not expect to escape from darkness. He is marked for the sword. He wanders about, food for vultures. He knows that the day of darkness is at hand. Distress and anguish terrify him. They prevail against him, like a king ready to launch an attack. For he stretches out his hand against God and vaunts himself against the Almighty, defiantly charging against him with a thick, strong shield. Because he covered his face with fat and made his hips bulge with fat, he lived in ruined towns and in houses where no one lives, where they, where they are ready to crumble into heaps. He will not grow rich, and his wealth will not endure, nor will his possessions spread over the land. He will not escape the darkness. A flame will wither his shoots, and he will depart by the breath of God's mouth. Let him not trust in what is worthless, deceiving himself, for worthlessness will be his reward. Before his time he will be paid in full, and his branches will not flourish. Like a vine he will let his sour grapes fall, and like an olive tree he will shed his blossoms. For the company of the godless is barren, and, the f- and fire consumes the tents of those who accept bribes. They conceive trouble and bring forth evil. Their belly prepares deception. Then Job replied, I have heard many things like these before. What miserable comforters are you all? Will there be an end to your windy words? Or what provokes you, to that, what provokes you that you answer? I also could speak like you. If you were in my place, I could pile up words against you. I could shake my head at you. But I would strengthen you with my words. Comfort from my lips would bring you relief. But if I speak, my pain is not relieved. And if I refrain from speaking, how much of it goes away? Surely now he has worn me out. You have devastated my entire household. You have seized me, and it has become a witness. My leanness has risen up against me and testifies against me. His anger has torn me and persecuted me. He has gnashed at me with his teeth. My adversary locks his eyes on me. People have opened their mouths against me. They have struck my cheek in scorn. They unite together against me. God abandons me to evil men and throws me into the hands of wicked men. I was in peace and he has shattered me. He has seized me by the neck and crushed me. He has made me his target. His archers surround me. Without pity, he pierces my kidneys and pours out my gall on the ground. He breaks through against me time and time again. He rushes against me like a warrior. I have sewed sackcloth on my skin and buried my horn in the dust. My face is reddened because of weeping, and on my eyelids there is deep darkness, although there is no violence in my hands, and my prayer is pure. O earth, do not cover my blood, nor let there be a secret place for my cry. Even now my witness is in heaven, my advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend, and my eyes pour out tears to God, and he contends with God on behalf of man, as a man pleads for his friend. For the years that lie ahead are few, and then I will go on the way of no return. My spirit is broken, my days have faded out, the grave awaits me. Surely mockery is with me, my eyes must dwell on their hostility. Set my pledge beside you. Who else will put up security for me? Because you have closed their minds to understanding, therefore you will not exalt them. If a man denounces his friends for personal gain, the eyes of his children will fail. He has made me a byword to people. I am the one in whose faces they spit. My eyes have grown dim with grief. My whole frame is but a shadow. Upright men are appalled at this. The innocent man is troubled with the godless. 
but the righteous man holds to his way, and the one with clean hands grows stronger. But turn, all of you, and come now. I will not find a wise man among you. My days have passed, my plans are shattered, even the desires of my heart. These men change night into day. They say, The light is near in the face of darkness. If I hope for the grave to be my home, if I spread out my bed in darkness, if I cry out to corruption, You are my father, and to the worm, My mother or my sister, where then is my hope? And my hope, who sees it? Will it go down to the barred gates of death? Will we descend together into the dust? You can just hear the cry in Job's heart as he basically says that there is hope he knows, but he doesn't feel it. He doesn't see it. He can't experience it. In this moment, all he sees is darkness and despair. And it's partly because his friends are basically saying no words of comfort to him, but rather more and more accusations, which will continue in the next section as well. And all this can leave us feeling rather hopeless. And I think at the same time, this kind of hopelessness, as I mentioned at the beginning, is one that we see uh, in the judgment of God for those who refuse to turn to him. And we see some of that again in chapter 14 of the book of Revelation, where there's hopefulness for those who belong to God, but hopelessness for those who do not. Revelation chapter 14. Then I looked, and here was the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. I also heard a sound coming up out of heaven like the sound of many waters and like the sound of loud thunder. Now the sound I heard was like that made by harpists playing their harps, and they were singing a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one was able to learn the song except for the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are virgins. These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from humanity as first fruits to God and to the Lamb, and no lie was found on their lips. They are blameless. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead, and he had an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. He declared in a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has arrived, and worship the one who made heaven and earth the sea, and the springs of water. A second angel followed the first, declaring, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great city. She made all the nations drink of the wine of her immoral passion. A third angel followed the first two, declaring in a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and takes the mark on his forehead or his hand, that person will also drink of the wine of God's anger that has been mixed undiluted in the cup of his wrath and he will be tortured with fire and sulfur in front of the holy angels and in front of the Lamb. And the smoke from their torture will go up forever and ever, and those who worship the beast and his image will have no rest day or night, along with anyone who receives the mark of his name. This requires the steadfast endurance of the saints, those who obey God's commandments and hold to their faith in Jesus. Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Write this, Blessed are the dead, those who die in the Lord, 
from this moment on. Yes, says the Spirit, so they can rest from their hard work because their deeds will follow them. Then I looked, and a white cloud appeared, and seated on the cloud was one like a son of man. He had a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came out of the temple, shouting in a loud voice to the one seated on the cloud, Use your sickle and start to reap, because the time to reap has come, since the earth's harvest is ripe. So the one seated on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the earth was reaped. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. Another angel who was in charge of the fire came from the altar and called in a loud voice to the angel who had the sharp sickle, saying, Use your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of grapes off the vine of the earth, because its grapes are now ripe. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and gathered the grapes from the vineyard of the earth and tossed them into the great winepress of the wrath of God. Then the winepress was stomped outside the city and blood poured out of the winepress up to the height of a horse's bridles for a distance of almost 200 miles. What a terrifying scene if you're not sure what's going on here. This is a picture of God's judgment that God will crush people. He will bring them to a place of torment and they will be experiencing this forever and ever because they refuse to turn and worship and humble themselves before the God who made them, the God who gave them life. And this is the biggest, absolute, most terrifying thing that we could imagine. And it's also a, a scene of great hopelessness for those who will face God as a God of wrath and a God of judgment. And yet at the same time, I think this ought to compel and motivate those who are Christians to share the good news of Jesus with those who are heading down this road as far as they can see so that they too can be turned from this way, respond to this good news of Jesus and what he has done so that rather than live a life that leads to hopelessness forever, they could turn, trust in Jesus and begin to live a life that leads to eternal hope found in belonging to Jesus alone. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-